Good afternoon, good evening, good morning to those tuning in to the show Last Word Productions once again, man I'm your host, Tavares Wilson, and y'all know by now I always get the last word, thank you all And I do apologize for two things straight ahead One, going on this hiatus once again, man Just this job <laughs> I'm trying to get another job, y'all Really am, man, I be tired, drained it's, it's, it's a lot going on right now And to top that all off I had some technical difficulties with my mic It's back working now, my headphones Everything is back working, so we back into it. Let's get to it straight in the hour, man. We just got through week one officially today after the New York Jets took down the Buffalo Bills. 23-22, excuse me, 16. Let's get into that game real quick, man. First and foremost, it's not looking good for Aaron Rodgers, y'all. If you did not watch the game, in the first series of the game, Aaron Rodgers suffered an apparent Achilles injury and... Robert Sala confirmed in his uh, press conference, you know, at the post-game conference, it doesn't look good. That is absolutely a gut blow and just downright devastating for the the New York Jets organization, man. It was so much hype coming into the season because of Rodgers coming there. They went out and got guys he wanted specifically, like Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, you know, they went out and got some of these guys he wanted to play alongside with who he trusted throwing the ball to. He had Garrett Wilson, a young upcomer receiver, who had a damn good game tonight. Even though the stats may not say it, but he came up with the the touchdown that pretty much helped the Jets win this game. Well, it did help the Jets win this game. And it was a spectacular catch he made on Tredavious White. I thought the Jets defense played played absolutely spectacular and they displayed levels of eliteness throughout this entire game. And with that being said, I want to get into this first and foremost about Josh Allen. He played putrid tonight. There's no other way around it. He played absolutely horrible. He made some good throws here and there. Of course, he's an MVP caliber player at the end of the day, but Whenever you have four turn four turnovers, prime time game against a division rival, it's, it's not a good night. It's unacceptable. Matter of fact, it's there's no other way to describe it. He played absolutely bad. I don't think you could have scripted a, a worse night for him. I mean, we're we're talking about three interceptions, a lost fumble. We're talking the entire game. He looked rattled. He just he just looked. Uneasy. He didn't play with confidence that we were used to or we are grown accustomed to seeing him play with. He just simply looked shook. And I don't know if it was first game jitters or what, but I'm, I'm not willing to talk it up to that being the fact that last year they came out and obliterated the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions at the time. So I'm not, I'm not chucking up the first game jitters. I don't think this is a guy that has first game jitters per se. I think he simply put just I, – I think he just laid an edge today, man. He had a bad game. Now, granted, a lot of that goes to the Jets defense. They they got a hell of a defense over there, folks. The The secondary still is good. I, I think I think the secondary is a little bit – I think it's a little bit overrated from what we've seen from last year. I don't think Sauce Gardner is going to be as, quote, unquote, Locked down as he was because he he had he struggled tonight against Stephon Diggs. I mean, Stephon Diggs had damn near whatever he wanted against 
sauce this entire game. So I, I think you're gonna see a little bit of a uh, drop off from the secondary. Not not a huge drop off to the point where they'll be bad, but I think they'll give us some plays versus what they did last year because they'll just simply put be playing better offenses and quarterbacks. And but that front seven, man, that front seven is for real. Quentin Williams, C.J. Mosley, Quincy Williams. You know, uh, um, a boy who they got from the, the, the Bengals not too long ago, the Dean, I forgot his name. It's escaping me right now. But they've, they've got some guys on that side of the ball, man. They played a damn good game tonight. They had constant pressure the entire night. They covered well. All the linebackers, I thought, covered well tonight. And simply put, they made open field tackles. And that is something that, is huge, especially against a high-powered offense in this day and age of this league. You have to make tackles. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what would help you garner or even just earn a top spot as a top defense in this league, simply just by making the tackles. They do that at a high clip. They cover well. They play inside the box extremely well. It's an elite level. And they got some, they got better pass rushes than I thought. I will say that. With all that being said, with the injury to Aaron Rodgers, it is a tough pill to swallow because if it is a Achilles injury and he misses the season, that is a huge gut blow for this franchise, man. Because the whole purpose of bringing Aaron Rodgers in was to now have that piece that can make the games swing in your favor because now you have the guy. You know, you, everyone needs the guy at quarterback. They didn't have the guy. Well, now you're back to the guy you tried to replace in Zach Wilson. And he made some good throws. Don't get me wrong. He did. He, he led a game, not game winning, but he led a, a touchdown, critical touchdown drive. But he he had some moments and some throws where he just looked like the same old Zach Wilson. Boneheaded mistakes like the interception he had in Matt Milano. I don't know who the hell he was throwing the ball to in that play. Him, uh, you know, extending plays unnecessarily, you know, just throw the ball away, man. If, if the play's not there, if you can't run, just get out of the pocket throw the ball away. No need to be running an extra 20, 25, 30 yards. There's no need for it. Just get rid of the ball. It didn't affect them, in a, you know, from getting a field goal, but at the end of the day, you don't want to see a quarterback doing that. Just get rid of the ball. And this was a good defense they played today. He had a somewhat decent game. But the thing is now, will he be able to step in now with Rodgers, you know, almost certainly suffering a season injury? So will he be able to step up and step in and keep this season alive for the Jets? Or is it just going to be the same old Jets? We'll see. Only time I can tell. They got a, they got a murder's row first six, seven games of the year. So... Hopefully, they, you know, Aaron Rodgers' injury isn't as serious as we all believe it is, but we shall see. Now, with that being said, let's get into some other week one review of games, man. I'm going to save my Dolphins for last, of course, because as you all know, I'm going to have a lot to say about them. But let's get into some week one review of games. Now, let's start off with the opener we had against the Lions and the Chiefs. I thought the Lions looked good. I'm not I'm not um, one of the guys who were down on the Lions. Everybody thought they were going to be somewhat overrated because a lot of people hopped on a train. I thought the Lions 
were going to be competitive this season. I thought they got a lot better in their secondary. You went out and got Sutton from Pittsburgh. You went there and got Garner Johnson from Philly. Two very good underrated DBs in my in my opinion. I thought they had drafted pretty solid. I'm not gonna lie though. I thought they reached for Jake Campbell, but he looked like a, he looked like a good fit for the defense. So if if your guy works, it's not a reach. So it worked so far. They had a lot of contributors from that draft class this year. Jameer Gibbs played a solid game, had a huge first down run. Jake Campbell and um the young corner had a pit six. I forgot his name. It's Bryce. It's, it's DeJuan Bryce, I believe. I, I could be wrong about that, but he had a pick six. Essentially, all the early picks made impactful plays in, in the game, man. That's what you want to see. You want to see the young guys grow, grow get gain confidence, and simply just get better each and every week. So I have no problem at all with what the Lions did. I'm not giving the Chiefs any excuses. I know Travis Kelsey Chris Jones didn't play, but at the end of the day, the guys lined up and they lost. Kadarius Tony, you might not have a job after this year the way you what you put on tape this week, man. Not even gonna lie to you. And and I said this on TikTok. I had got some uh, you know, I had got some flake for this, but I'ma say it on here, man. I'm done with the narrative that Kadarius Tony can be a number one receiver on any team. I may be done with saying he could be a legitimate number two at this point. Because I just don't see it, man. I mean, the talent is there. He, he's explosive, dynamic player. I think he's a punt return, kick return specialist now at this point in his career. I don't think he go to a team where they legitimately are competing for a Super Bowl and he's the first or second uh, receiving option. And I know people will say, oh, well, wasn't he the second option last year? No. No. It was Travis Kelsey, then Juju Smith. Those were the first two receiving options for the Chiefs. If it does end up working with Kadarius Tony this year and the Chiefs do, do win it all, I still don't believe he's going to be the second option. I think a player like Justin Ross or even Marcus Valdez-Scantley is going to end up becoming the second receiving option. They, they're going to need something else, man. It's not going to be – they can't get it from Kadarius Tony. He, he showed, to me, he showed that on Thursday. But let's get into the rest of the games. The Bengals and the Browns game is the one shocker I really had, and it took me, quite frankly, by surprise how the Browns just quite literally beat up on the Bengals. Now, I know the, the Browns of late, of recent years, have had the Bengals number, but I didn't think it would have been this damn bad. It was, it was absolutely horrible, man. And I can't even describe to you all what the hell I watched, because... I mean, this this is reading the numbers. Joe Burrow, 14 for 31, 82 yards. The whole game. Joe Burrow only had 82 passing yards for the entirety of the game. T. Higgins didn't have a single catch in this game. Jamar Chase, five receptions, 39 yards. Not a, not a horrible game, but not a Jamar Chase game in the slightest. And then after that, you just... You got... Nick Chubb going for 106 yards, almost six yards to carry. Deshaun Washington played spectacularly well, but he he did have some good plays, man. Like the rushing touchdown, threw a touchdown. He, he let scoring drives, and that's that's what you got this guy for. You went you wanted to get the ball in the end zone. He can definitely do that for you. And I think as the year go on, and he 
progresses and grows in this year more, I think the Browns will be a little more dangerous than we give him credit for, man. Because if he if he can get back to form to what he was with the Texans, that that team is scary talented, man. But let's get into some more games. Another upset: the Buccaneers and the Vikings. This one was a big upset for me, but it wasn't that big of a surprise to me, believe it or not. The reason being is because last year the, the Vikings had a terrible defense. They made Daniel Jones, they literally earned Daniel Jones' contract for him last year in the playoffs. They did. If Daniel Jones would have wet the bed, you feel me, against the Vikings, like he did against the Cowboys in the playoffs and this year, which we will get into, he wouldn't have got that contract. He got that contract because he looked damn good against the Vikings. Well, with that being the case, I'm I wouldn't put it past Baker Mayfield to have a good game against the Vikings either, which he did. Baker went out there 21 for 34, 173 yards, two touchdowns, and he posted a 94.4 rating. Good game. It's a good game, man. Mike Evans contributed six catches, 66 yards, a touchdown. Solid game. Chris Godwin, five catches, 51 yards. He sealed the game with a first down catch. And the, the crazy part is, I thought Kirk Cousins had a damn good game. 33 for 44, 344, two touchdowns. He did have a pick. But at the end of the day, man, those things are going to happen. It's a part of football. You're going to throw interceptions. It's going to happen. As long as you can make more plays, good plays than bad, you should be fine. Justin Jefferson exploded, nine catches, 150 yards. He didn't have a touchdown, though. But Jordan Addison, the rookie that they just drafted, who they split, expect, excuse me, big things from, he did score. So... We'll see how that all goes and how that receiver tandem plays out for them. And well, again, can we look over real quick that I thought was a good game and a little bit surprising. Oh, let's talk about the Green Bay Packers and the, the Bears game. And let's talk about Jordan Love's first season opener. I thought Jordan Love looked good. You know, he didn't he didn't he didn't make crazy throws, but he had good throws, got through his progressions. He got the guys, the playmakers, the ball, like Aaron Jones, you know, Christian Watson. No, excuse me, not Christian Watson, uh, Romeo Dobbs. He, he got these guys the ball, and they delivered. That's all you guys are a young guy at this point. That's what you want. You want them to take what's there. You want the playmakers to make plays for them so they can help grow their confidence and they start making those difficult throws. That's what you want. I mean, he finished the day 15 for 27, 245, and three touchdowns. You take that every day of the week from Jordan Love. You take it every day of the week because that's, that's efficient football. You got the job done. Now, granted, it was against the Bears. I thought the Bears were going to be a little more competitive than what they showed this past Sunday, but I, I, I could be wrong just like anyone else. So we'll see. It is week one, so we got to see how everything pans out first and foremost. And then let's get into this just annihil- complete utter annihilation the Cowboys put on the Giants on Sunday Night Football, man. I'm going to just... I'm going to just read y'all. I'm going to just read off, right? I'm going to just read off the, the defensive numbers, Right? Daniel Jones was sacked seven times, ladies and gentlemen. Seven times. 
The Cowboys first forced three fumbles, even though they didn't recover any of them. They forced three fumbles. They had two interceptions. Two. Could have had three. Malik Hooker dropped one. I, I was watching the game live myself. And do you all know the highest receiving yards and catches in this game? It was Darren Waller, newly acquired tight end from the Raiders. Damn good tight end. He only had three catches for 36 yards. Matter of fact, scratch that, ladies and gentlemen. My apologies. The it was four fumbles, and they lost one. So you you had essentially you had three turnovers, seven sacks, no points. And I and I was the bad guy that said you should start over and not pay Dave Jones because now the Giants are. To be frank, excuse me, ladies, they're fucked. They're absolutely in trouble. You just gave this guy $160 million. And Not to sit here and say it was his fault where they lost. I'm not saying that at all. But there are other positions. There are other needs on this team that were way bigger than, Dan- than re-signing Daniel Jones. Offensive line, prime example. Receivers, prime example. Paying Saquon Barkley, prime example. You pay your best players. He's your best player. I don't care if he's your running back. I don't care if no one pays running back. You pay yours. He's your best player by far. By far. Defense was okay. It was solid. They they, they did what they could do. They, they weren't terrible by any means of the imagination, but, you know, the Cowboys still... Led game, I mean, touchdown drives. Dak didn't have a spectacular game. He was a game manager at the best. 13 for 24, 143 yards. Ain't nothing right home about. But Tony Pollard had two tuds on 70 yards on 14 carries. So that's five yards of pop. So like I said, defense is just putting bad predicaments the entire game, bro. Nothing they could have done. The offense absolutely failed them. Failed them. I'm talking about like a math test you ain't study for type of fail. It was horrendously bad. And I just feel absolutely terrible for the Giants fans who came into this year believing that they did right by paying Daniel Jones. And I've said this Dating back to when they started talking about contract negotiations. If I'm the Giants, I'm not extending Dale Daniel Jones. It's a damn good quarterback class coming out this year. You get one of those guys and you build around them. I'm willing to bet on one of them for the next 10 years that I am for Dane Jones. What has Dane Jones really shown you against competitive teams that he's worth the risk and worth that money? He's never shown it to me. Never showed it to me. But again, that's just my opinion, man. Let's move on, man. I'm going I'm to I'm close out by talking about my Dolphins, man. And you, as you all know, I got to talk about my Dolphins. We, we're going to talk about the Dolphins and the Chargers game. Because first and foremost, I thought it was the best game on TV this past weekend. I really do. 
outside of the slugfest we just had with the Bills and uh, uh, what a game. What, what was another good game? Uh, I can't really think of nothing else at the top right now. I guess the I guess the um, the Patriots and the Eagles game was good too, because the Patriots somewhat tried to build a comeback, but they just fell short. And I thought the I thought the Jazz and Colts game was a bit more entertaining and closer than the scoreboard indicated. But by far, to me, the best game this week was the Chargers versus the Dolphins because you see two highly competitive and just really, really good football clubs going at it, man. And they both seem to just virtually have no answer for one another on the defensive side. Granted, that is a bad thing for Miami because you you giving Vic Fangio this money. He's the highest DC in all of the league. You you don't expect to give up 234 yards to anyone. I don't care who's at running back, and I don't care who's on the old line. It's unacceptable. Point blank period. Now, granted, give Vic the benefit of the doubt. He has said well, for, on multiple occasions that they're still looking for pieces to be filled and they don't have guys in all the spots he would like. Which typically happens when you adopt the defense or the unit within your first season of coaching because you don't have your personnel that you want. You just don't. You're going to have guys who was already there, primarily guys that was already there. Outside of maybe one or two players, you you know, talk to your coach to bring in or the GM, excuse me. But what makes it bad is the guys we bought in, they didn't do anything. I mean, Elliot, I thought was at best, at best okay. I thought he was at best okay. He had he had a lot of tackles, don't get me wrong, but in coverage he looked damn near abysmal at times. You couldn't cover anything. David Long Jr. got benched. <laughs> and I was high on him. He literally got benched for Andrew Van Geeku, a guy who was an undrafted rookie who'd been here. Got benched. He needs to be better. Point blank period. Needs to be better. He he was he was horrible. Horrible. Just horrible. There's no other way to describe it. He was terrible. Then we know the Jalen Ramsey injury. Out of his control, but at the end of the day, he's not on the field. So even with the even with the the pieces he brought in to help contribute, they didn't contribute at all week one. If anything, they hindered the team. If anything, for the most part, they hindered the team. I mean, this is called a spade a spade. So I can't, I can't put that all on Vic, man, because he, he don't, he don't choose the personnel. The Dolphins, GM do, who I've said for the longest, should not have a job anymore, but he does. It is what it is. Can't cry with spilled milk. You won the game, I understand, but there still needs to be adjustments on the defensive side that you need to make. You need to sign some depth pieces that you D line, D tackle specifically. And you need more out of Bradley Chubb and Jeff Phillips, man, because outside of that last drive of the game, those two guys was non-existent. Rashawn Slater, I watched him put Bradley Chubb in prison the entire game. He couldn't do nothing with the guy. Nothing. 
Jalen Phillips, outside of maybe two drives, he was the same way. He couldn't do anything against the right tackle. They got to be better. Both those guys, one of them you just pay big money to, and the other one's a, a stouted high draft pick who everyone is saying is going to have a breakout year this year. He has to be better, point blank period. Bradley Chubb has to be better, point blank period. That's it. There's no, there's no other way around it. They both have to be better than what they were this past Sunday. And they got to hold themselves accountable and look themselves in the mirror and own up to it. Like, I got my ass whooped today. What are you going to do about it next week? But all that being said, let's get into all the good, man. I thought the secondary looked fine. Eli Apple, I thought, had a damn good game. You didn't hear him giving up big plays. I seen him, I seen him allow, like, two catches the entire game on his side. He didn't get penalized like X did. I thought Javon Holland was good the entire game. He was good in coverage, great tackling. I thought X outside of the penalties, I thought he covered well today as well. He just he just got to stop being so damn handsy, man. Some of them calls, I will say, were uncatchable balls. I, I, I think at least maybe one of them could have, you know, kept it in, you know, the pocket, but it is what it is. They didn't. So... Yeah, overall, defense has to be better. That, that's 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 literally just it. The defense has to be better because if if they go into New England and they let Ramondre Stevenson and just Ezekiel Elliott run amok on them, it's gonna be a long damn day, a long long damn day, ladies and gentlemen. They better tighten that up quick. With that being said, more good. The offense as a whole, I thought, looked good. The offensive line was a really, really pleasant surprise, especially the two tackles in Kendall Lamb and Austin Jackson. I thought both of them played phenomenal. Whenever you're going against Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, that's a tall task, man. You got a defensive player of the year player, Khalil Mack, and you got an all-pro caliber player, both of them. That's that's the tall task to ask out of two tackles with little to no experience. I suggested this is what his fourth year. He was hurt all last year, transitioning to another position. Kendall Lamb, backup left tackle. Teron Armstead was out for this game again, which I think it's time to cut your ties with that because if you, if you can't depend on this guy to play one, the second most important position out of football consistently, he doesn't need to be on the roster collecting the check he's collecting. I'm not saying cut him. What I'm saying is once you can actually let this guy go, he, you, that needs to be the first thing you do. It's not going to work. It hasn't worked. And quite frankly, you're wasting your time. Let it go. He's never been healthy. He never will be. It's time to let it go. But that being said, I thought the running attack was effective early. They kind of got away from it because the the way the game was flowing. And I know a lot of people were upset that Mike McDaniel got away from the run, per se, and he wanted to pass more. He went against what he was saying, like they're going to run the ball more. A lot of people are upset about that. Listen, folks, the Chargers ran for 234 yards Sunday and lost. I don't care about how you get it done, just get the win. And on top of that, they literally could not stop the passing game. So I stopped throwing the ball. Because they went three straight drives 
where they ran the ball on first down and they literally get, got back to the line of scrimmage, a minuscule game or negative yardage. Okay, it's not working. Let's pass the ball. That's that's literally how football works. Let's let's not pretend like we didn't watch the game, ladies and gentlemen. They they tried. It was effective early, but down the stretch, the Chargers adjusted and they they couldn't really run the ball no more. It happens. It's it's a game. It's it's a literal game of adjustments, man. That's literally what football is. But at the end of the day, I thought Tua played absolutely phenomenal. Jalen Waddle, I thought had a solid game. He got hurt. He should be good for next week and be practicing. But Tyreek Hill was a man possessed, y'all. We talking about 11 catches, 215, and two touchdowns week one. The, the, the guy was unguardable, bro. No matter who was in front of him, J.C. Jackson, Michael Davis, Sante Sammy Jr., Derwin, it, it didn't matter. He did any and everybody they lined up across from him. It, it was almost as if he was out to prove a point that he was, that he is the best receiver in the league. Because he absolutely souffled and barbecued the Chargers defense the entirety of the game. He, he could not be stopped. And then Tua came out, 466 passing yards, three touchdowns. He did have a boneheaded interception. You know, like I said earlier about Kirk Cousins, it's going to happen, man. You just want more bad than good. And in this case, Tua had way more bad than good this game. So you live with interception, especially after the win. But I will say this, and I'm going to stand on this. I don't care about anyone feels about it. Jason Sanders has to go. Point blank period. Because heaven forbid, right? You're in this situation again. He misses an extra field goal attempt. Again, right? The team goes down that you're playing, goes down driving the ball, and now they win the game on a field goal. Instead of tying it, they win the game on a field goal. That could have very well possibly been this game if it wasn't for the defense finally stepping up in the last drive. I'm just saying, man. He did it all last year. He doing it again this year. At some point, at some point, you got to realize you got to move on. I think, I think it's time to move on. I really do. But with that being said, man, let's get into week two. And we're going to do a little predictions here and there, man. Let's see who we got. First and foremost, Thursday Night Football, we got the Vikings and the Eagles. I got the Eagles winning that. I think the Vikings are going to try to bounce back. I just don't think the Vikings defense is good, man. I, I think the Eagles have their way. With that O-line, that rushing attack, and those receivers, they're, they're going to have a field day on the Vikings. I would be shocked if they don't get over 28 points. Miami at the Patriots. I got Miami winning this, but this game, man, honestly, this could go either way at this point, bro, because if the Dolphins' rushing defense is really that bad, it's going to be a long day in Foxborough, man. 
It's going to be a long day. I'm hoping it's not that bad. And I don't think the Patriots want to get into a shootout with the Dolphins. So, I'm going to Dolphins in this one. Bears at the Bucks. I think the Bears bounce back and get a win. Packers at Falcons. I think the Falcons start the season off 2-0. I think the Falcons' defense is better than what I was giving them credit for at first because they, they gave Bryce Young hell this past week. I think he had three interceptions, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. I, he might have just had two, but I know he had multiple for sure. I'm going to Falcons there. We got the Colts at the Texans. If Anthony Richardson is playing, I'm taking the Colts. He did get banged up a little bit towards the end of the game against the Jags, but he looked good to me. He looked good when he was playing, so I'm going with the Colts there. Seahawks at Detroit. This is a tough game to call. I'm going to go with the Seahawks strictly because I think they're going to be hungry. And I don't think they could afford to close, I mean, open up this season 0-2. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks strictly because I believe they're going to want it more. Chargers at Tennessee. I got the Chargers winning that. Just They're just the better football team. Baltimore at the Bengals. Divisional game. AFC North. I think the Bengals bounce back and win this game. So I'm going with the Bengals in this game. Raiders at the Bills. I got the Bills bouncing back winning that game. Chiefs at the Jaguars. That should be a good game. I think the Chiefs bounce back and win. Travis Kelsey should be coming back. So we'll see. 49ers at the Rams. I got the 49ers winning that. Even though this will be a better game, I think, because Matt Stafford and the Rams actually look a little better than what I thought it was going to look this year. Giants at the Cardinals. Giants get their first win of the year for me. I think the Cardinals are working for the, you know, the, the Campbell selection. I don't think they about to really challenge anyone. Jets at Cowboys. This is a very good game. I think the Cowboys win, though, man. That's Zach Wilson starting now. Situation is is huge. Commanders at Broncos. I think the Broncos take this. Russell Wilson seems to be getting his footing back under him. He had a solid game today. I mean, not today, Sunday. 177, two touchdowns, a 108, 108.0 QB rating. He, he getting his footing back under him. I think he's going to be just fine. The Saints versus Panthers. Divisional game. I got the Saints winning this one. Then you got the Browns at the Steelers. Now, I do think the Steelers bounce back and win this game for two reasons. One, I'm not a believer of the Browns just yet until Deshaun Watson can get back to form. I'm not believing in them until he can become that because he needs to be the engine for that team to be truly dangerous. Even though they got Chubb, they got a goal line. It's a reason why they wouldn't have got him, bro. It's a reason. So, I'm going to Steelers on that one. And that's all I got, ladies and gentlemen. So, that'll be all for the show tonight. I'm not going to be updating about any NBA news until it's a little closer to the basketball season. But thank you all for tuning in to the show once again, man. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, Last Word Productions. And remember, I am on TikTok as well. 
I do have a sports page, Last Word Productions, and I also have a personal page if you want to follow me on there as well. I post anime content and just speak my daily life, you know, thoughts, etc. And that's called The Black Sasuke. And remember, I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm everywhere, guys. Just search up the name, the user, the at Last Word Productions. Thank you all, and I'll see y'all in the next one.